الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون إنما يتذكر أولو الألباب وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا مات الإنسان انقطع عمله كله إلا من ثلاث إلا من صدقة جارية أو علم ينتفع به أو ورد صالح يدعو له أو كما قال عليه السلاة والسلام My dear respected brothers and elders in Islam We find ourselves in one of the sacred months in عِدَّةَ الشُّهُورِ إِنْدَ اللَّهِ إِسْنَ أَشَرَ شَهْرًا فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ مِنْهَا أَرْبَعَةٌ حُرُمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that Allah ta'ala has created 12 months. When Allah ta'ala created Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. Then Adam alayhi salatu wasalam was taught the things, the names of things. And similarly Allah ta'ala taught him the names of the months. 12 months in the year. And the names of the various months. From these four months, from these twelve months, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen four that were known as the sacred months. Zilqada, Zilhijja, Shawwal, and Rajab. So these four months, three are consecutive and one is Rajab. In the era up to the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In these four months, even fighting was not allowed. These four months were months of peace and tranquility. At the dawn of these four months, when the four, when this month should start, then all hostilities should stop. Nobody was allowed to fight. Nobody was allowed to do any hostility with anybody. <coughs> then, as the Shariat came, this law was abrogated. But Rajab was chosen as one of those months where Allah Ta'ala had said that this month is a sacred month. And it is mentioned by our Kabirin that a person that makes Tawbah in this month, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala readily accepts his Tawbah. A person that does good actions in this month, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala increases the barakah in his actions. So this is one of those months where we have to strive and try to inculcate as much good actions as we possibly can into our lives. And also this month, 
we find that the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma barik lana fi rajabin wa sha'ban, Allahumma barik lana fi rajab wa sha'ban, wa balighna ila Ramadan, wa balighna Ramadan. So, the ulama have stated, this is the month where we start preparing the fields and we start tilling the land and getting the land ready. Month of Shaban, we start with the planting, plant the seeds and cover it up. And the harvest is the month of Ramadan. So what this means is, our preparation, this dua that Rasulullah had made for the preparation of Ramadan, was two months in advance. It did not, Rasulullah did not wait for the month of Ramadan to start, and then start making dua. But two months prior to the month of Ramadan, we are already on the 6th, 7th of Rajab. So that means one week has already passed. We have six weeks, seven weeks at our disposal. And the wait time is going, and one of the signs of Qiyamah, that the week will go past, the month will go past like a week, the week will go past like a day, the day will go past like an hour. And we can see it in front of us. Some of us can still remember the last Ramadan, and it's already the next one coming now. Some of us can also remember what happened the last Eid and already the next Eid is going to be here. So fast the time is going. And we find that these signs of Qiyamah are prevalent. Asharatu Sa'a. The signs of Qiyamah are becoming more and more apparent as days are going. And one of the signs of Qiyamah is that a person that is not worthy of holding a trust is not worthy of holding a trust he will be appointed to do that trust to take care of that trust and the greatest trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is the trust of our children the Quran ayat that was recited, Kul hal What this means is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala poses a question. Say, O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that that person that's educated, Kul hal That person that's educated, is he equal to that person that's not educated? Ask the question. Now this education that we are talking about is education that will help us in Akhirah. The education that we get in this world, Alhamdulillah, to earn our living becomes our means, become a doctor, lawyer, businessman, MBA, whatever. Becomes a suburb of you getting a means for your rosy. Sometimes a person becomes a doctor. But it was muqaddar for him that he will earn his rosy being a businessman. So despite having the knowledge of a doctor, of medicine, he is doing business and he is finding more joy in doing that and that is becoming the means of his sustenance. Sometimes a person studies 
and he becomes an engineer. But now he cannot find a job in that field. So it was muqaddar for him to go and work for somebody else. And he turns to something else and he works for somebody, some company and that becomes his means of rosy. But if we look at the Islamic education, Al-ilmu faridatun ala kulli muslimi wa muslima. The hadith states that ilm, knowledge, is farz upon every Muslim, male and female. What knowledge is referred to here? This knowledge that is referred to here refers to the knowledge of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The knowledge of sharia. Now, the question arises, can everybody become a hafiz? Can everybody become an alim? No. It's not possible. But everybody can learn how to read the Qur'an. You don't have to be an hafiz or an alim to learn how to read the Qur'an. You don't have to be a highly qualified person to learn to how to read the Qur'an with tajweed. You, the general masses, they need sufficient knowledge so that they can navigate through life on the basis of this knowledge. How to make wudu, what are the faraiz of ghusl, how to perform salah, what are the faraiz of salah, basic things. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has grant, given us a system. And this system has saved billions of souls from the fire of Jahannam. And that is the system of the maktab. The primary madrasa. Let us all think back. Wherever you are in life today, you can be a businessman, a doctor, optician, accountant. Who was that person that taught you how to read the Quran? Did we ever reflect on that? The maktab system <coughs> is such an important system in our lives that our basic Islamic knowledge is found in that system. And if a person is deprived of going for that few years to madrasa, the end result is that he knows nothing of deen. Look at those people that went to you know, exclusive schools and uh, they were not exposed to the maktab or to the madrasa system. The result is that, generally, we're not seeing all the cases are like that, but generally, they have no knowledge of the deen of Allah, nothing. To this extent, they don't even know how to make ghusl properly, how to make istinja, how to go toilet, how to wash properly, how to clean oneself properly. Because they have brought the Western culture and thought that this is our salvation, to live in this manner. And the Western culture do not use water in the toilets. So they brought that culture into their lives. Until and unless water is not used for istinja, pure and 100% taharat cannot be attained. Take a chocolate, rub it on your hands, melted chocolate. Take a piece of toilet paper and wipe your fingers. 
and see if all the chocolate comes out. Some sediments will still be left. So similarly, when a person goes toilet and only uses toilet paper, 100% taharat and cleanliness cannot be achieved. So where will a child learn all these things? These things, the basics of deen and sharia, is learned in the maktab system. Now let us look at the history of this. See, the initial maktab was in the house. The mothers should teach the children. Like how Umar anhu, when he was going to beat up his sister, Kabab bin Hazrat Kabab anhu was teaching in the house. And when he heard from the door, the banging on the door, open up, what are you doing inside? Barge into the door and start hit his sister, hit his brother-in-law. What you all doing here? You left the dean of our forefathers. <coughs> so after he calmed down, he explained to him, what if the dean of Rasulullah is better than the dean of our forefathers? So he said, what is that? He said, there's a Quran. So he looked at the Quran. They could read Arabic. So he read the few verses, Taha or Surah Taha. Changed man. After that, he goes and accepts Islam. When the Bayatul Aqaba had taken place, 12 people accepted Islam. So they requested Rasulullah on the second trip. They came first time, 12 people, second time, a little bit more. <coughs> on the second trip, they told Rasulullah, oh Rasul of Allah, we need to learn the deen of Allah. You have made us Muslims, but what is the deen of Allah? We need to know what it is. So Musa bin Umair radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Abdullah bin Makhtum, Usman bin Makhtum radiallahu ta'ala anhu, blind sahabi, they too were chosen, go and teach them. So when they went to Madinah to Munawara, adult classes started, classes for the children started, people were told to come to the masjid to learn the deen of Allah. And the next year when Musa bin Umair radiallahu anhu came back for Hajj, 400 people came with him. 400 people. Because now they got the knowledge, the talab and the desire was created. And now we have to go for Hajj. The virtues of Hajj was mentioned to them. So a person that gets, when he sits to learn ilm, what is his object? We're talking about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that knowledge. When a person sits to learn the deen of Allah, his object is that I must know what are the promises of Allah. I must learn. And what are the warnings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when he learns what are the promises, the desire and the talab will come in him that now I know what are the promises of Allah and if I fulfill what Allah ta'ala wants me to do, then Allah will fulfill his side of the bargain. And I will achieve the promises that he has promised. And if I go against his commands, the warnings that's in the Quran about the azab of Allah, about Jahannam, that the fire of Jahannam is very, very severe. My dear respected brothers, the luxuries around us are making us dull. And we think that uh, our lives are going to continue forever. 
our luxuries, our comforts, the soft beds we got, the cars we have, the beautiful houses, wives, children. All these things are a deception that makes one forget about his ultimate abode and journey. And we're so engrossed in this. We're so engrossed that we forget and somebody passes away. Then we think about it for a few moments. Ali passed away. Allah grant him maghfirat. And within a few minutes, we're back to our normal, whatever we have to do. So that's how our life is carrying on. Now if a child hasn't been to the maktab, somebody passes away in the house, he's at a loss. What to do? What must I do in this situation? We had cases now in this COVID story that the child did not even come for the father's funeral. Sitting in a car, he said, no, mother passed away, father passed away with COVID. If I go near this janazah, I will get sick and I'll die. And those that shaitan had put too much of waswasa in their brains, they came with that full, no, that what you call it, that suit. I remember when Uncle Ibrahim passed away, they made us wear those suits to go into the cupboard. And then later they said, no, if a person is dead, he can't pass the virus on. So anyway, father passes away. Now the child hasn't been to maktab. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to read Kulwullah. does not know how to read Surah Fatiha. Forget Surah Yasin. Where the Hadith states, read Surah Yasin over your dead. So now he's at a loss. Once somebody passed away, so the son comes and gives a razor to the person giving Gusal. So what's this? The father needs a shave. So he's passed away. You don't need all these things. Because of the lack of knowledge, Jahalat. Jahalat has no limit. The only thing that will repel Jahalat is ilm. So now we're giving precedence to the secular knowledge. No, my son, I have my money on him. I have to invest my time. Every cent that I earn will be spent on the best of knowledge. Met a person now in the holidays. 30,000 rand a month is school fees. So I'm asking him what the textbooks are made of gold or something. 30,000 rand a month. Say, no, we want the best knowledge for them. The best education. You know, this is a lesson we have to learn. We have to look at the istidar of the child. Look at what is his capacity. Has he got the capacity to do, to learn? Can he retain that knowledge? Or are you just taking water and throwing over a duck's back? What will this flow over? So many fathers spend so many thousands of rands on their children. In the end, the child came to nothing. Because at matric, the grades were not good enough, couldn't get into university. Or at that point, the child decides, I don't want to go to university. I want to do some other thing. But Islamic knowledge will help him in this world also and will help him in Akhirat also. Now when the father is in the grave, everybody looking around, 
Who's going to read Yasin? Child wasn't taught Yasin. Doesn't know what to do. After the parent is buried, everybody walks away. Don't know what to do. Do I stand there, make some dua? How do I make dua? What do I say in the dua? No knowledge. My dear respected brothers, we find that this matab system that we have is like a pearl for us, like a jewel that must be protected. And its protection is our protection. So when the child tells us, no, I've learned enough in school, I don't have to go madrasa. Then you ask him, recite the kalima. What are the faraiz of gusal? What is the faraiz of wudu? He won't be able to answer. Send him. Even if you have to take him, put him in a car and bring him. It is for your future and your akhirat that you are doing that. If you do not do that, that child which you are putting so much of money towards, in your old age, if he grew up in the secular system, do you think he'll have the capacity to think that I have to make khidmat of my father? 99% of the time, doesn't happen. One person from UK was telling us a story. That one elderly father went to his son's house. And the son was having supper with his family. So he opens the door, he sees the father. It's cold outside. Tells the father, we are having supper, you wait here. When we are finished, we will call you inside. You want to embrace the circular system, you want to embrace the western system, this is what it is. Whereas in the madrasa, we are taught to make khidmat. In our madrasas, when any guest comes, the students make the khidmat. Put the dasarkhan down, feed the guests. This is a training ground that when my parents reach old age, I have to make their khidmat. One child that was going madrasa and he learned about khidmat of parents. So in his house, the elderly grandfather was there. So the grandfather was messy as you get old. When you eat, you start missing. Hand, the hand-mouth coordination is not there anymore. So, young people, they say, it's hey, so messy. You mustn't eat with us. So they brought him a bowl, one small table, one side. So the child that was going to maktab, he bought a bowl also. So father asked, why are you buying a bowl? So this is how you put dada one side. When you get old, I'll put you one side. So the system of maktab, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, in his khilafat, he saw the need for this thing. He saw the need that the children must be taught. So he hired three ustads, I think 15 dirhams a month. And their work was to teach the children from after Fajr till Maghrib. So the children started to complain after some time, too long. So he said, okay, after Fajr till Zohar, have a break, Asr till Maghrib, we'll have the madrasa going. Imam Bukhari, rahmatullahi his primary education was in a maktab. And from there he went on to become the greatest imam. Whoever is sitting here giving you a bayan, my dear respected brothers, 
His primary education was at the feet of an apa. When we were growing up here, in Shellcross, in Cathedral Street, in the corner was apa. That was only madrasa at that time. And apa and her daughter should cater for the needs. At that time, we shouldn't think anything about it. But that was our foundation of what we are going to become later in life. Where we learned the alif bata, where we learned how to recite the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to send azab. Once Isa alayhi salatu wasalam was traveling and he had kashf kubur to see what was happening in the, in the graves. So he sees the angels are punishing a person. Later on he's passing through again and then he sees that person is in comfort and ease. So he made turaqat of salah, made dua to Allah. Allah, what happened? So Allah Ta'ala revealed to him that this person was a very sinful person and he passed away in that condition. And when he passed away, his wife was pregnant. And she gave birth and the child grew up and the child went to the madrasa. And when he said, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, as soon as he mentioned the two sifat of Allah, Rahman and Rahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted the azab from the cover of the father. So my dear respected brothers, what we have to learn and what we have to know, that our children, our grandchildren, our investment, not for this world, that money will come, that person becomes highly qualified, very few cases, he'll send some money for the parent. Yet the opposite way around, as he's progressing in life, if the father, he hears, father got any money in the bank, father pay the school fees for my children, please man. I haven't got, I'm too, this month I'm short. Father pay this, pay that. Instead of the other way around, where he's supposed to support the father. My dear respected brothers, it is our incumbent duty to make sure in our neighborhood, all the children that are there, to get to a madrasa, or to open a small maktab in the locality, 20, 30 children in the locality, one room is taken, and somebody is appointed, that you teach the children two hours in the afternoon. In Palestine, the maktab system is incorporated in the school system. What we learn in one day in our maktab, in two hours, takes them three weeks, two to three weeks in that system there. So what is learned in this two hours daily? And we have to make sure, kesat, that the child comes punctually for madrasa. Not he comes one day, then he's got uh, sports practice, swimming, cricket, netball, volleyball, and all those things are taken madrasa time. Then at the end of the year, we're sitting on the Molana's case, why my child is not progressing. By his coming once a month to madrasa, what progress is going to make? So just as how we take school seriously, this maktab must be taken seriously also. And the benefit you'll see when a person passes away, all his amals, all his actions are stopped, except three. Sadaqat al-Jariya, that means he dug a well somewhere, and as long as the people are using water from there, he gets a reward. Or he put up a masjid. As long as people are reading salah in that masjid, 
he's getting the reward. Or he made somebody an alim. As long as that person is teaching deen, he's getting the reward. <coughs> or he leaves a child behind that makes dua, pious child. How are you going to attain piety? Schools and university does not teach you to be pious. Piety starts from the maktab, where you learn about salah, learn about Quran, reciting Quran, and all the various amals, all the duas. So my dear respected brothers, let us make it a point on ourselves that our children, our our grandchildren, they must go to a good madrasa where they will progress, where they will learn. And when they come back home, we need to sit with them, establish the halqa of ta'aleem in the house. And through this we'll find, we'll get saved from the fitna of the time. So many fitnas. And as Qiyamah is coming closer, more and more will come. That is, we cannot stop it. But we can save ourselves. What we can do, we must do. What is beyond our control, we cannot do. We can save ourselves. Ya ladina amanu nar. Oh, you believe? Save yourselves and your family members from the fire of Jahannam. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.